1: Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. You're listening to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. And, uh, hey, folks, uh, it has been uh, one of those uh, last four days, four days that um, just really not knowing what uh, to do with myself. As all of you know, I'm going through a series, a series series. Of first in my life uh, right now because uh, that was the very first um, Mother's Day weekend. um, Mother's Day week, (laughs) the way I used to do it with my wife, um, that was a Mother's Day week. Uh, the whole week leaving leading up to uh her coronation <laughs> what have you we I would uh, make a lot of um, uh, fanfare out of that, and I uh, just like to used to make a big deal out I and mean, that was gone it was uh, not uh, available to me uh, this time, so I rode up to I rode up to Mount Rushmore, yeah, in fact, if you follow me on twitter at rev at rev Bryant. Um, you know, you can uh, check me. Check out what I'm going to do. In fact, I'm going to post a, a short clip that I shot up there. Um, and looking at those four faces there on Mount Rushmore uh, Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and of course um, you have Franklin uh, Roosevelt, uh, not Frank uh, Theodore Teddy Teddy Roosevelt um, there on the um, carved, etched in stone. In that mountain, and then you look at uh, where we have come from. From either one of their times, because of course they were not all they were not contemporaries uh, by by any means. They each come from a different segment of American um, life and American society at different time in America. But regardless of the time that they would have uh, represented if they were to look in on us now. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's nothing we can do about the coronavirus. I mean, they couldn't do anything about the Black Plague uh, or bubonic or plague or typhoid or whatever happened. You know, back then, they couldn't do anything about that. But it didn't seem to wreak the havoc that it did because the people were smart enough to... Huddle in place, and uh, hey, if it was typhoid, they would burn the, they would burn the place down. They would burn your house down. Oh, they'd help you build another one, <laughs> but they burn that one down, and they make sure they stay uh, oh more than arm's distance away from you uh, for whatever length of time it took in order for this to go away, to make sure you didn't come down with it. And after that time, certain passed uh, back in the day and you didn't come down with typhoid. Well, okay, they figured and everybody figured it was okay to take a chance on being around you uh, uh, again. But they never let it get to the place where it is now. And I know that there are a lot of people wanting to blame uh, the president for it. But the president and his administration and anyone with any sense is placing this where it belongs because nobody would have even guessed, unless they were the Iranians or some terrorist group, and nobody would have even guessed that the Chinese or even the World Health Organization uh, would have been quiet about this. No, Nobody suspected that. And so when you're looking at uh, Mount Rushmore... When I was looking at Mount Rushmore, what inspired me to go ahead and do a couple of clips uh, to send up to my folks at, uh, at Works in D.C. was the fact that it, it dawned on you here in the age of COVID-19 that if there ever were men or Americans of any stripe, any ethnicity, any color, If there was ever men who understood, in fact, one of them on that mountain who is carved into that mountain actually coined this phrase. You know, what do we want? What will we choose? Dangerous freedom or peaceful slavery? That was Thomas Jefferson at the inception of our country. He understood that what we what we wanted and what the proposition was. That later Lincoln would talk about what the preposition was that Roosevelt wanted us to be bold enough to hold on to through his own adventures and expand throughout from sea to shining sea. It was it was Roosevelt who um, said, hey, listen, this is a huge park. It's a beautiful park that we live in here in America let's expand its glory that God has given us from sea to shining sea. It was Roosevelt who did that. And of course, it was the courage of George Washington yeah, to cross the Delaware against all odds. We were talking liberty or Death. There was no middle ground. They fail, they die at the end of the king's rope. We will hang together. Or we will truly hang separately. America, we're at a crossroads. We're at a quandary where we will die. We will do irreparable economic harm to ourselves if we don't fire this machine up again. That's one of my favorite phrases because whenever something's been sitting dormant, uh, it, the machine has to be fired up again. Even when I was not, I used to um, train a little bit years and years and years ago. I used to run years and years and years ago. I was good at it until I tweaked um, my my knee in high school. I, I could have been um, a decent track a runner of track, but I used to train. After all of that, once I became grown, got married, I used to train. And you can always tell when you miss a week of training when you get back out there. Because the machine, the mechanism, the body, the human body, is not firing the way it normally, it, it, it was used to doing. It becomes a little rusty. You can, it, it, actually, that's exactly what it is. The muscles um, get lazy and you have to you know, tune them up again. But what I'm talking about here is that we needed Washington to show us the type of courage. If ever there were men placed in divine situations at times that they needed to be there, it was in this country. Even Lincoln was placed strategically, strategically, even though you can argue whether or not Lincoln had any affinity or love for uh, slaves or black people or not. You can paint him any way you want. It doesn't matter. He signed the proclamation. It doesn't matter if Jefferson uh, had me in mind. I'm being, full disclosure. I'm a black American in this country. i happen to be conservative uh, mostly, and lean lean conservative mostly. I'm a libertarian uh, in most categories. Uh, if you were to check them off, uh, check check check, would probably be uh, I'd be more libertarian than Republican, much more. And it's my libertarianism that breeds my conservatism in ways, certainly in fiscal ways and in most social ways but not all my friends know me they know what i'm about even my enemies know what i'm about but they like to paint they like to paint a different picture of what they know <laughs> to be true but but this is what we needed all of those men were placed in strategic ways so that at every point in time We would have an opportunity as a people to advance ourselves, but it would be through dangerous freedoms. They understood dangerous freedom and peaceful slavery better than anyone else. Uh, Dealing with uh, typhoid, they understood dangerous freedom and peaceful slavery in those situations, but they were smart enough, as we should be, and we need to watch how quickly we open this thing up, but open it up, we must do. We need to watch how quickly we open this thing up, and open it up, we must do. A um, a physician friend of mine uh, is warning, uh, has told me over and over about, um, you know, it's it's foolish to open this up as quickly as some are saying, yeah, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree, but it's just as foolish, isn't it, to keep it shut down type as a drum because we we damage ourselves, we murder ourselves that way too. We're in a quandary. We're between a rock, the, ver- the proverbial uh, rock, and a hard place right now in America. That's where we are. That's okay. That's okay. We can deal with it. We can we can deal with that. We'll find our way out as we have before. huh? We'll find our way out as we have before. And Lord knows we have found our way out of many. Many. Of bad situations. As we have grown together. In this country. The. Thing that could have taken us absolutely out could have the most the the largest the most assault the biggest assault on our constitution was the civil war but yet we survived that oh yeah yet we survived that we survived the civil rights era even though there are many who would like to relive that but they can't The stolen valor there are so many people who like to steal the valor of those who actually gained. The rights that they enjoy and want to act a fool enjoying them, huh? Well, you don't. You don't. You don't have to relive the '60s to enjoy the freedoms that the '60s brought you. Women, men, blacks, Mexicans, Latinos, wh- whoever you are, I don't care. Uh, whoever you are, poor whites. The '60s brought hope to you too. Oh yeah, all of that uh, affirmative action, all of that. Uh, type of thing uh, brought hope to everybody but you can't relive that and that's what I see too many of our young people wanting and trying to do here these days is try and relive uh, the 60s and friends that that is not necessary it's been done the victory is done so what is happening here why are we at each other's throats? Why is it uh, Nancy Pelosi and, and uh, uh, Chuck Schumer seemingly always at odds with Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump? And and it's not it's not Trump's fault. All he did. Listen, listen. All this president did was do what candidates for the presidency do. He won. And obviously he wasn't everybody's choice because everybody didn't vote for him. But I tell you what, he won it he won he won this fair and he's won it squarely. He is legitimately He is the legitimately elected president of the United States for nearly four years, and he has done an outstanding job of keeping us out of the hands of the predatory Chinese and whoever else might have been taking advantage of this nation. You don't have to give him credit for it because you don't like his personality or what have you. And you want to blame him for everything, as the news media had. But all this president did was win. Win. And he's been winning over and over again. And that is what just burns everybody up. Is that the person who was supposed to be the buffoon turns out to be better than those who we feel we have groomed for the job. I'll take common sense over book learning any time. Any time, I've been disappointed by people who are supposed to be. Um, you know, so, uh, I mean, going to you know, MIT, I, I have I have buddies who are, who are brilliant people, but they are absolutely devoid of common sense. I'll take common sense. The old folks used to call it horse sense, mother wit, whatever. I'll take that over book learning any time. My grandfather was a very, did very well in life. Didn't have any education, but I tell you what he had tons of. He had tons of common sense, horse sense, mother wit. They had tons of that. You weren't going to fool him. You weren't going to pull the wool over his eyes. And you sure wasn't going to cheat him out of any money. I can guarantee you that. He may not have been able to read, but he could count. And so it is in a similar way when we talk about the president. The president is a very well-educated man. He surrounds himself with people who are educated and very wise men, very smart men, very book-learned men. In some cases, I don't think they have the common sense that they should have, but they certainly do have the book learning. In some cases, the president does not exemplify his uh, education, but he has a lot of common sense. And common sense will win every time against the devices of those who have slickly try to engineer devices to bring a person with common sense down he will elude the traps every time a fox is not educated it's just smart very very foxy that's the president he's smart And he is so smart. Let me tell you how smart he is. He is so smart, it's easy to take him for granted because he doesn't come off as smart. But the wins and the victories that he's had over lifetime politicians... And the wins and the victories and the ability to keep pushing forward in the midst of things that would have derailed a lesser man. He keeps trudging forward. He's smart. My pastor yesterday, James A. McManus, there in Shreveport, uh, I'm in Colorado, but he's in Shreveport. And of course, I watched him on my um, website. He talked about something that I want to talk to you about when I return. Putting, of course, my CL spin on a word form from my pastor about deception. About deception. Yeah, we talk about that because that's where we're being driven into. That's that's a stage that's being set for us to drive into. This, that stage of. Deception. We must be very, very cautious. I'll tell you why. When we return with more of the C. L. Bryant Show, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build a bridge to conversation right here, throughout our great nation on the C. L. Bryant Show daily, twelve oh five until two p.m. in the East every day. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. <music>
2: high, our hearts are bowing in reverence.
1: CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us. As we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation, my producer Michelle has just texted me and told me that, coming up after the top of the news hour we 're going to have on with us uh, wall street um, type he 's a good friend of mine, a young man I really love this kid one of my he 's a disciple he 's a disciple of mine, but he works on on Wall Street, and uh, Juan Newsom is his name. And Juan is going to, and I are going to talk about the shooting that um, has occurred. He's an IT specialist on on Wall Street. Yeah, he keeps them up and running, keeps them programmed and all of that. And he's going to give us some insight into it. I don't know if it's uh, against the law to get tips from an IT specialist. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not going to do it. I was just asking. I'm just just, I'm just saying. I'm just asking. So um, anyway, Juan's going to be on with me after the top of the hour. But now, uh, I was talking to you before we left about deception. Be not deceived. That was uh, one of the things uh, that was a warning. And I encourage everybody, whether you're be, a believer or non-believer, read the uh, 24th chapter of Matthew. I believe we're, have uh, been living in it for a while. And uh, of course my um, pastor teaches this as well. And um, I just believe, I just think that uh, there has never been a time or a situation In our existence. Israel is now a nation since 1948. Uh, The things that uh, have been predicted about them, every one of them, according to Scripture, has, uh, except for the rebuilding of the temple, has come about, um, you know, and and, uh, I'm not really sure if the temple actually needs to be rebuilt for what we uh, deem and what we look forward to as the return of Christ uh, to occur. But in the meantime, there was a warning that was given out to the actually to those who would establish the church. There was a warning given out to them. And it was meant for them to write it down so that future generations would have the warning as well. And that's what we have in the canon of scripture. And it's an entire canon. If you read it it backwards, it still give you the same story. You do realize that you do realize that uh, it it begins off with relationship. It ends with relationship. It begins with a marriage. It ends with a marriage. Okay. And uh, so, if you read it backwards, it still tells the same story. There are things that are contained or thoughts that are contained in scripture that are way beyond uh, the comprehension of the human mind, like the idea of I am. Now, of course, um, we could have a great theological discussion about that. The very concept of I am is beyond your ability to comprehend it. Oh, you understand what it is being said and what is being referred to but the comprehension of what has been said is beyond our human thought at least co- contained on this earth I believe we'll understand it uh, once we are lo- loosed from the bounds of this earth I think we'll be able to use all of our abilities you know I think it's only, what, 20, 25 percent. Some people only use 10 to 15 percent of their brain capacity. I think I operate on probably about half. (laughs) Much more than most people. But (laughs) anyway, just kidding. You know, just kidding. But anyway, this is what this is what I am saying. Deception is the key to controlling the the masses. Jesus knew this. And so his warning was, be not deceived. Now, how will they try to deceive you? The same way they did back then is the same way they're doing it now. And it has always been that way. That has been, if you believe in the evil one, and I do, and I call him the devil, you know, uh, Satan, the evil one, the deceiver of the brethren. I believe that there is evil in the world. I believe that. I see it. I mean, you know, my lying eyes may be, you know, but I see it. I see evil in the world. I see evil people in the world. There are people that you don't like now. I don't want you to get twisted. Now there are people you don't like, and then there are people who are truly evil. And sometimes we assign our dislike for someone's character or personality to something that is absolutely extreme. When you talk about evil, I, I did I did not like the policies of Barack Obama. And I made no, uh, it, it, it was no secret, you know, but I liked him. And most of you, most of you uh, don't like the policies or the personality of this president, of President Trump. But I, I can tell you this because I, I've had a chance to be with him on uh, several occasions. You'd like him. You'd like him. And what has happened is the deception that has been whipped up through the media has created this caricature that if you are in the mindset to do it and and uh, you have proclivities toward that because you have political leanings in the other direction, you can be manipulated into hating the president of your country. And friends, I don't care who you are or, or what you may be thinking, that's not smart. Because there will be a next one and then a next one. You had better get a grip and understand that whoever the president is in the, in the White House, um, they're either for America, pro-America, or they're not, in my opinion. That's just the way I look at it. it for me, it's just that doggone common sense, horse sense, mother wit, simple the president that I am going to vote for is going to be the president who is pro America period why CL why do you always vote for the president who who seems or says or acts and participates in being pro- America I'm for that guy because I am an American. The reason I always, and, and, and the, my kids um, are, who listen to the show, and, and I'm sure they do occasionally, they know in their own selves, of course, I'm not going to say on the phone here in case they don't, that every parent has a, a, a child that they do more for. they not their favorite, not necessarily their favorite, but they do more they're more willing to do more for they're 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 quicker to do more for and kid don't don't get just don't get wrong don't get it wrong kids watch kids notice that even if you're they're grown and gone they notice that they i don't know how they know that you may have done something for one of the other kids but they do know but little do they know that perhaps many times you do something for that one because you know they support and they are a supporter of something that you're doing. They're always there for dad. They're always there to help. And and if they can't help, they're always there to say, and I hate to say these words, but I'm going to say them. Yes, you can. But, you know, so 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 you so if that one calls, if that one says, "Hey, can you, Dad? Can you?" Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I may want you to get a better deal on it, like Cat Williams says. He says to the little boy, now, "Now, okay. So you want you want the Nikes, you want the Air Jordans, you want the Air Force Ones, right?" Okay, Dad can get those for you all day, every day, no problem. But why don't you come on over here? Let me show you these Batmans, and you can get five of these. Even the ones that light up on the back, you can get five pair of these for the price of one of the Air Jordan, of the uh, Air Force Ones. What do you want? So, the kid, man, makes a decision. My
2: dad, I can get all that, anyway. He?
1: he runs faster, and the <laughs> anyway, it's it's boiling down to deception. Okay, I'm talking about deception, and they're deceiving us in the same way that they always have. And all of you know that I go off on those trails, those rabbit trails again, but I'm coming back to where I'm I always come back and it always ties together. And this is what I'm tying together. To control our society, we have to be deceived with three structures of our society. And those structures are political, economic, religious. My pastor talked about this yesterday. He did, uh, Pastor McMinnis, James A. He talked about this yesterday, and it, it, it struck me so that I said, "Now I, I want to I want to put my own CL twist on this because because see, there these were absolutely in place." absolutely in place just as they were perhaps even more entrenched in the minds of the people than they are today because there were no social programs huh if you were poor then i mean whatever little meager work you did for your daily sustenance i mean you worked for it If you could not work then, there you were, begging for alms. If you were sick and you could not get well, there you were at the pool of Bethesda, hoping somebody would help you get in when an angel comes down to trouble the water. But there were no social programs. Are you hearing me? And so uh, the Sanhedrin council and the Pharisees, Sadducees—they were the political structure back then, right? And you have to understand that even this thing that we're dealing with now, and and the president—I uh, think he was right for making inroads and and reaching out and and doing everything he possibly could to uh, bring China to the bargaining table, the trade table. But I think it is his nature when he's cultivating these friendships to be somewhat overly friendly. And the Chinese are the types of uh, people in their philosophy, in the way they approach life, they look at that type of kindness especially when they know they have been screwing you over for years and you never yelled out. They're the type of people who uh, construe that type of kindness for weakness. That's just the the, the way that they, they think. They're inscrutable that way. And yes, they will be kind to you, knowing that you may not be of the natural mindset to exploit that as a weakness in them. Oh, there, there's no one who is more uh, hospitable than my Asian friends. No one who is more hospitable than my Asian friends. But if you think that you can tap the depths of the Asian mind and the way they think, you you very well may not be using harsh sense, common sense, or mother wit. Because they're long game players. They have to be. Their history is so ancient. They're long game players. And what we are seeing happening now is the same thing that was happening. 2,000 years ago when we were warned as a nation now who is a Christian nation. It was founded on Judeo-Christian principles and when Jesus spoke these words to his disciples, he said, see to it that you are not deceived. Not the world, but the church. You, <clears throat> who are calling yourselves uh Judeo-Christians in this American country. Be sure that the political, the economic, and the religious structures do not begin to deceive you. How will they do that? What will entice them to do it? To remain... With their doors open. They want to keep their doors open. And now government has taken over. You understand? Big government now takes over. And. uh, There's a parable about. The hireling and the shepherd. When the. Hireling. Whose sheep. They don't belong to. They don't belong to. The hireling; they belong to the shepherd. They're the shepherd's sheep, at least in you know. We hire shepherds now, but back then, the sh- the shepherd was a was a kinsman usually of the family. And the King David was a tender of sheep. He was the runt of the litter, so they had him out tending the sheep. But he was a kinsman, and they they were his sheep, and they were his livelihood. He sees the wolf coming. He's going to fight the wolf. The hireling sees the, sheep come, the wolf coming. He's going to save himself. <laughs> man, go home with them sheep, man. <laughs> and those are the type of politicians that you hire that are just hirelings. They, they don't consider you their peeps. It's the difference in a statesman and a politician. I'm C.L. We'll be right back with more of the C.L. Bryan Show. Don't you go anywhere. I'll be right back. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up in always in the And for the flag I stay CL back with you on this great day in the USA. It is a great day in the USA because of people like you throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever. Known and that is America. Yeah, the deception is on the way. is is underway. Uh, there's no question about that. The deception is underway, and it's happening through three structures here in government, or in our society. That's always been a part of our society: political, economic, and religious. It's happening that way. The deception is is affecting all of those, and even. Even in my way of thinking, and I'm not a um, conspiracy theorist, uh, you know, yeah, there are conspiracies. There's no question about it. Uh, I think it was, uh, I can't remember if it was Dr. Thomas Sowell or uh, my my good friend, Dr. Keyes, Alan Keyes. Uh, just because you don't, I think it was Alan. Alan said it. Alan Keyes said, just because you don't see a communist behind every tree, doesn't mean they're not there. And so I'm not. I'm not going with that type of you know conspiracy lunacy. Okay, okay. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. You know, Keys was just kidding when he said it, but uh, we were joking around. But it put me when he said the way he said it. The way he said it when he said it, it, put me on the floor. Um. But it's the, the deception is occurring politically because. There's a a paradox that the news media has created that if you are not truly paying attention, you'll buy what they're saying, simply because it's convenient to buy what they're saying. I listen to all of it. I have to. I listen to all of it. A lot of times I'm up even in the middle of the night getting the, the um, recap of what CNN, MSNBC, uh, ABC, CBS has been talking about. And I compare it to what uh, Fox is saying and, and uh, you, know, you know, and so forth. And, and, and in, where, in there somewhere is an inkling of truth in the middle, you know, somewhere. And that's what this show is about. It's, it's creating a discussion about both sides of, of that conversation that we have to have. We're going to have to have. So coming up after the, after the top of the hour, uh, even with the shooting in Georgia... There is a deception going on here. I really don't think we're hearing the entire story here, although there are some people jumping on uh, the bandwagon for either side. My position is this: if he, even if he broke into the house, you still don't chase him down and lynch him. Now, Anybody that knows me knows that I am the law and order candidate. I'm the guy. But I'm also the guy who is uh, always going to tell you and talk to you about due process. And you can't have it both ways, my liberal friends. And you know that you did not give this president due process. But yet, my liberal friends... It's okay to go ahead and uh, or my conservative friends. It's okay to go ahead and say, well, yeah, they, they were in their well within their rights to go ahead and kill him. You know, no, no, no. Since when do you kill unless he's coming in on you? Now you know, you know, if you break into my house and you're a burglar, you're dead. But now, if you're going out the window and I see you, you're walking down the street and you got my stuff. This is what O.J. went to jail about. (laughs) O.J. had his stuff. That was his stuff. But he went and robbed the people in the privacy of their room. He invaded their space to get his stuff. He went to jail behind that. So the burglars out of your house, going out the window or whatever, walking down the street with your stuff, you grab your gun, you go after him, you shoot him down. Guess what? Your behind is going to jail. And rightly so. your but no you may want to follow him and you may want to call the cops uh to come and, and meet rendezvous with you you may want to see where he went and all of that type stuff but after he is out of your house down the street no it's a police matter if he's in my house it's my matter and he will never exit the house if he tries to fall out of the window I will eliminate whatever. Yeah, I'm telling, I'm telling like it is and you better do the same thing. <laughs> he Pulling him back inside. <laughs> if, if I shoot him, he falls out the window. Way- He's going to be pulled back inside. Because I know the truth. And that's going to set us both free. I set him free from his criminal ways and him falling into the house as he naturally did when the bullet hit him. He, uh, of course, fell into the house. Yeah. <laughs> but we cannot be deceived politically. But we are being deceived politically. We, we can't allow ourselves to be deceived politically. There are people who are for this being a crippler of our economy so that a fundamental change in the way we do and achieve prosperity in this country can come about. But I'm telling you, if you eliminate the machine that we have now to try and bring about an equalizing um, method of economy, you'll be deceived into making all of us mediocre. And none of our work will be reach the standard of excellence that it once did because you're looking for equal outcome. There can be no equal outcome. Take care of the poor. Of course you take care of the poor. Those who are infirm and weak among us, you always do that. It's a Christian principle. Americans have always done that. But you don't create a perpetual state of dependence by taking care of their children who could be independent, but we make them dependent. So there has to be a breaking out point somewhere. And that's all the conservative viewpoint is about. It's not trying to be hateful or or anything of that nature. It's it's, it's taking care of America first. Even when we're talking about the dreamers, of course. Well, you know, any idiot uh, would know that uh, you can't send children back to their country of origin. um, You know, if they've been here as long as they've been here, 15, 20 years, whatever. They've been here five years, whatever. You can't send them back to their country of origin because they they have become Americanized. This This is who they are. This is what they know. OK, we understand that. But the point is we can't be deceived into thinking that we can have some open door policy where they become the vehicle for everyone in their family, in their various countries to come here. We can't do that. And survive ourselves. Those who are here, let them stay here, um, assimilate, become Americans, uh, um, become a part of our culture. Yes, you can enjoy the love and beauty of your own culture here in this country, but assimilate and love this culture, love America. Because you go to any other country, you go to Mexico, that's what, that's what you're going to do. You're going to have to do it, if, even if you don't do it up front, uh, I mean, uh, in your heart, you're going to have to do it up front. You better, you better act like you love Mexico. You better act like you're loyal to Mother Russia or Father Germany, France mother england and and then what bothers me and the deception is contained in this as well is that we would want to teach our people that somehow it is racist to love america it's racist to understand what manifest destiny is and hey there's nobody who understands that more uh, better than i do because I was told a lie about it for so long it's like Frederick Douglass who was told a lie about the constitution for so long until he got to a point where he could read and he read the thing which is a very easy read every one of you should read it yourself he realized that he had been been being fed a lie by William Lord Garrison He he was being fed a lie yeah. And um, you will notice that during Black History Month, uh, the essence and the actual person of who Frederick Douglass was very seldom talked about. Booker T. Washington, same way. Very seldom talked about. Well, lied to. Been lied to. And we're being deceived even now. Be not deceived. That was the first warning. Because many many is going to come telling you all kinds of things. About the political spectrum. The economic spectrum. And the religious spectrum. Be not deceived. There are many who are going to come shucking and jiving. Especially now. You are are vulnerable you are prey not just Americans but the world has become a jungle and you who are not aware you who are wandering around stumbling around out there as though you have no flashlight in this darkness you will become prey you better wake up Revelations also talks about four horses. They're called the horses of the apocalypse. The white horse, the red horse, the black horse, the pale horse. When we come back after the break, after I would have interviewed Juan Newsom. I want to talk to you about these four horses of the apocalypse. The first one represents deception. The second one represents war. The black horse, the red, the, the third one represents famine. And upon the pale horse, death. After I would have interviewed Ruan Newsom, I want to uh, talk to you about these four horses what you get when you come along the C.L. Bryan show with my background in uh, both politics and theology and the pulpit Um, and of course just living a simple life as a simple man yeah baby try to be Simple kind of man. My mama actually said those words. And that of course is one of the Southern men's national anthem. Simple man, Leonard Skinnard. <laughs> That's me. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere. I'm CL. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. <music> The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation daily, right here on the C.L. Bryant Show, coast to coast and border to border. And if you're walking through Times Square, as my next guest is able to do, you can look up above iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not. and above ripley's is the red state talk billboard and every hour 24 hours a day the cl bryant show does pop up there on that billboard no cl's face looking right back at you in times square hey i've had the privilege of knowing a young man here um for, oh, quite some time now, several years, several years now. Michelle introduced me to him, uh, my producer. Michelle uh, got him on uh, the show, oh, it's been four, four or five years ago. Uh, Now, since I've known this young man, always have been impressed with him. He is an IT specialist on Wall Street, and uh, he, of course, has his own podcast, and I'm going to let him tell you all about it. Help me welcome back to uh, the C.L. Bryan Show, Juan Newsome. How are you, brother? Hey, brother. How are you doing? Doing fantastically well, Uh, Juan, and the Lord is healing me, and I'm certainly uh, happy that uh, to have you back on the show. So, one, I want to have you on. For first of all, tell everybody about your podcast and how to access that. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do you like Sean Hannity does me all the time. Now, you know you can get a hold of me anytime you want to to have me on your show. And I'm your friend. How come you don't never have me on the show? Sean asks me that question all the time. How come you'll never have me on the show? I mean, <laughs> You've been on the
3: show, see, but you know what? I've been working on New concepts and distribution. And so my podcasting time is just really ramping back up. So now I have um, new dis- distribution uh, methods. For your get it, for your um, listeners, you can reach me on cheerradioshow.us and everything is there. And of course, we're going to have you back on the show. Soon.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sean's been on the show three or four times, but he always talks about how come I don't ever have him on the show. And so, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> so anyway, I, <laughs> hey man, let's talk here. Uh, uh, Aubrey um, Avery and and, and uh, Amude A- Avery in um, Georgia, the jogger. Uh, one, you and I—we yeah. going to talk about this, man, because I'm seeing black folks all over the place on this. Uh, the, I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. You can tell me how you feel about it. One, I feel like that even if he had broken into the house or whatever they thought he did, whatever, he still should not have been chased down the street and lynched or shot down like an animal that's my feeling about it so so let's talk from let's talk you get if you agree or disagree it doesn't matter you know we're friends we can we can do what we want to do
3: i totally agree and i saw the video and i saw the video in the house and he didn't do anything he just wanted to see the house um basically um I don't know if you I don't know if you've ever done this and, and I've done this and you know, my mother she used to do it all the time. But if there's a house under construction, yeah, sometimes you'll go and, you know, maybe check it out or, yeah. you know, be you know, some people participate in that type of voyeurism. He didn't take anything. He didn't even touch anything.
1: No, no, um, no, not at all.
3: You know, if they had a problem, they could have called the police. You know, bottom line, they did not have, and he was unarmed. Like that's ridiculous, right?
1: And you know what? One, you know what? One, I was saying to the audience, if the burglar had was going out my window with my stuff, and yeah. he was going down the street. And I saw him going down the street with my stuff, yeah. and I got my pistol, my gun, whatever, my shotgun, whatever, and I went yeah. after him and shot him. I would go to jail.
3: Yeah, I would me too. Especially when I'm in Jersey, and I can't even fire my firearm really outside the house.
1: So <laughs> yeah, I'm in Denver now. You know what the deal is here. <laughs> of oh, course, we really can real- we, we can wear our guns on on the outside here. We can, you know, but, but it's, it's very liberal here.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah! Wow.
1: Yeah. So, one wow. let, let me ask you then what what's to be done with these two guys?
3: These guys got to go to jail. <laughs> I mean, bottom line, they, I mean, they, that was that was really an execution. I mean, that was really um, an execution that took place. Um, this young man was just. I mean, he was unarmed. That's that was the sad part, you know. And then they tussled with him, and then they gunned him down. I saw the tussle. Yeah, um, I saw when they gunned him down. Like, and homeboy, prosecuted.
1: homeboy was getting the best of homeboy was getting the best of him. Man, that's what got him shot. He <laughs> that's was, what got yeah, him he shot. Really was. He was he getting prosecuted. the best of him. <laughs>
3: You know, if he was thinking, maybe he should have waited until the police got there. Right. But in the heat of the moment, it's really hard to make that kind of call because you're thinking, these guys are going to kill me anyway. Right. I got to get away.
1: Right. He didn't go out like a punk, I can tell you that much. He didn't go out like a punk. But it's
3: (laughs) sad because, he you know, I read about him and... You know, he seemed like he had his life going in the right direction.
2: He did. Um,
3: That's the unfortunate thing. And, you know, we lost a young man because – um, two individuals um, decided to take the law into their own hands instead of letting. It. He in did this case right. You let the authorities handle.
1: it. Right, and uh, now people now 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 this is what you and I need to talk about. See, Candace, Candace got in trouble. You know, Candace, one of my disciples, uh, uh, Runaway Slave is the godfather of the Blexit and the Walkaway movement, and Candace is one of my disciples. Yeah. But Candace, Candace got into trouble the other day by saying some things in a way that she should not have. said them. Uh, she was saying that the, these two guys, you know, you know, did get a burglar. You know, the, the inflection was that the guy that, that blacks commit the crimes is what uh, caused the suspicion, which led to the death, which didn't sit well with a lot of, of, of us who really like Candace. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was just a misstatement, a twisted statement, but I see a lot of people defending her uh, when when it comes to uh, bringing up that type of thing. How do you feel about
3: it? Well, I think, and this is what I hate about our side, and I hate to say this, but I think on our side, I have to acknowledge there's prejudices towards blacks. You know, I'm not going to say outright racism but i think there are some misconceptions towards blacks yeah in in the case of candace you know i'm excited about candace and the things that she has going on but you know you got to really be careful with the facts you know look at the michael brown situation right michael brown gets shot by a police officer someone lies about it in addition to that we don't wait for the facts Right. And so this whole thing just blows up, it turns into this national blow up about cops killing black folks. When Michael Brown attacked a cop. Right. You know, his right. DNA was on the gun. You know, so in these situations, you got to kind of wait a little while so that you can get some of the information before you're commenting on it.
1: Exactly. And
3: this has a very high profile now. Yeah. you going to have to be careful. Yeah, because people are going to be looking to take Candace out, and that's the lens she needs to see things through. It's not just about getting your word out or or trying to you know be first to be right. Right, like you know, Candace has the ability to articulate conservatism like nobody I has haven't seen. She's in great. A long
1: time. She's great. She's great at doing. She's it. She's very great charismatic. At doing it. Yeah, and they're,
3: they're She is. She is the left is scared of her. Yeah. <laughs> so she's got to be careful.
1: They will. They will actually manufacture a machine. But but see, uh, right now, she's got conservatives uh, and uh, 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 blacks, you know, kind of, you know, scratching their heads. But, you know, I guess this, too, will pass. But now let's talk about this. Uh, you mentioned uh, Michael Brown and you mentioned and we both and we have talked about uh, Armad Arbery uh, there in yeah. Georgia. But now, there's a distinct difference between them, right? Um, Brown yep. actually did something that got yep. him killed. Aubrey, as far as we can tell, as far as I can see, didn't do anything that got it's him killed.
3: Man.
1: Yeah. And, and and so, it's the it has nothing to do with the skin color, as far as the crime and, and the way they were treated. I mean, or did it. Or I don't know. what to, I don't know. It's just weird to see how we perceive this. Well, what happens here? The
3: media, the media is is on twenty four hour call waiting for an incident like this, so that they can stoke the racial flames. That's that's really the you know that's really the common thread between you know whether it's Michael Brown, whether it's Freddie Gray, whether it's, whether it's this case, whether it's Eric Garner. The media is waiting for racial incidents so they can politicize it. Yeah. You know, and that's that's really the common thread. You know, there's the situations are different, but the common thread is how the media will use this to weaponize against you know, people that they they disagree with and they're going to portray these guys that shot this kid like racist conservatives or republicans. <laughs> now, I don't know which political party they they are i haven't you know maybe I'm, I'm gonna go look up the registration later yeah i don't know which political party they are with but the weight the portrayal yeah you know yeah. and how they how they try to um project that's what the so they want to get the racial the flame stoked it's just in time for the election any oh, yeah. opportunity like this before the election they're going to just take Oh, yeah. Along oh, yeah. with shooting, along with playing Roots, of course, again, and oh, yeah. Bush Katrina, Bush Katrina footage and then anything else they can do before the election. Oh, yeah. Like this. They love.
1: This is perfect for them to try to hold on to that black vote. This is perfect uh, for them to try and hold, <laughs> hold on to that black vote. <laughs> they holding on to that black
3: vote for life, man. <laughs> I mean, Trump, you know, if you look at the president and what he's done for blacks. In these last three years, he's done more for blacks in the last three years than the Democratic Party has done in the last 40. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of economic improvement, you're talking about um, criminal justice reform that, you know, disproportionately helps African-Americans, Latino households. Um, you talk about the, the empowerment zones. You talk about the help that he provided to the HBCUs. I mean, you can go down and down the list of things that he actually helped you know blacks accomplish you know with his
1: policies and, and the strange yeah. thing is uh a one on one Newsom IT tech uh on Wall Street my good buddy the strange thing one is that he got accomplished things that Obama never got accomplished in 8 years
3: well you know what's funny and I'm going to tell you why that is see Blacks didn't have a lobbyist. See, the gays got there from Obama because they had a lobbyist, right? And the socialists got there from Obama because they had lobbyists, George Soros Rose mainly. But,
2: <laughs>
3: but blacks didn't have a lobbyist. And so, and, and you think about it, Obama was black, he was in Chicago, he was a lawyer, all these opportunities to do things. And President Trump just comes in and just blows that up. Yeah. Yeah. Close that up. And even with even with all of that, there's still cognitive dissonance because you know there are some blacks that just hate Trump no matter what. But like, there's that factor in there. But the accomplishments stand on
1: their own. Oh, absolutely. Let me let me ask you this, since we're talking about Trump Obama, it looks as though the president is has picked the fight with uh President Obama. He's he's telling yep. the whole world that Obama uh was behind and did know that, that uh, he was being set up and that the Russian collusion thing was absolute hokey and uh, the president looks like he's he's picked a fight. I think it is a brilliant strategy at this point in time yeah. because if you're going to, to go with a scorched earth policy and Trump always chooses a scorched earth yeah. policy, this yeah. is a perfect one. <laughs> What do you think? Absol- absolutely.
3: I mean, Trump, Bringing Obama back, in the, back into the conversation, and I I know some people that work for Trump, actually. And bringing Obama back into the conversation, CL, reminds people why he got elected in the first place, for one. B, it reminds people of who was actually responsible for the Russian collusion, um, for the Ukraine stuff. All of these people were Obama acolytes. And so I think it's a brilliant move. I think it's going to benefit him in the short term politically and possibly the long term. I think this overturning of um, General Flynn, this, this thing was blockbuster. And I've been keeping up with this case. The fact that General Flynn has been exonerated it's, it, and the stuff that he went through, and you, that should make any American, you know, that should send chills down your spine. The fact that the upper echelon. Of the leadership of the FBI can just concoct a case and not follow procedure and take a three-star general and just bankrupt him. That the fact that that the dominoes are going to fall after that, and they
1: and that's should.
3: Where, that's where it began. General Flynn. It,
1: yeah, yeah, they should. Juan Newsom, tell everybody one more again how we can get a hold of you and how we can access the podcast.
3: Sure. Radio Show. As the CEO, if you can come on next week, I would love
1: that. Hook it up, Michelle. We'll in, do it. We'll get it done.
3: And you're in my prayers, brother. Me and my wife, you are on our thoughts and prayers, okay?
1: Thank you so, so much, friend. You. Thank you so much. God bless and keep you, friend. Uh, Juan Newsom, thank you so much. God bless and keep you. Fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. Thanks again for being on with me. Talk to you soon. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show, and we have been on with my good buddy Juan Newsome up there in New York City. He's an IT specialist guru there on um, Wall Street, and um, was talking to him about what's going on, what's going on, in, uh in uh, in America today. And I, when I come back after the the brief break, I do want to um, continue. Uh, Speaking to you about things that are falling together. It may look as though things are falling apart. Right? No, 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 no. Uh, As a person who has studied this over nearly a 40-year period of time, you um, see things falling together. Yeah. And... um, The red, the white horse, the red horse, the black horse, the pale horse, they all represented various things that were foreseen and foretold to come upon the earth in the end times. And it would be so vivid that you could actually see the carriers of bad times, and they appeared to be as beast. You could, and, and they were so vivid that the only way that John the revelator could could actually describe them what he was seeing was a white was was white red black and 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 pale horses you have to understand that, that John was describing what he could see as many times futuristically as best he could and now that we are able to, now that we live here in the time that John saw and certainly when he was looking into uh, into eternity and describing what God was showing him he had in store for his people who trusted him and believed him, he could only describe it in terms that he could express. We're going to talk a lot about that when I return and CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the CL Bryant Show. Flagship station, Red State, Red State Talk throughout the Fruited Plains and around the globe. I want to thank also Loving Liberty for inviting us into their family and all of the other terrestrials who replay us in um, on uh, later times uh, during the day, and so um, friends, deception has been a running theme through the show today. And my pastor James A. Uh, McMenness, mm-hmm. and there in Shreveport, and I catch him. I, I, we can't gather. I can't. I have not been able to find a place to go to church up here yet and even though I have I did visit um, twice I visited twice uh, the Sunday after Jane passed away, way in the Sunday after that and then we couldn't gather anymore yeah so I've only been to church twice I've only been in a church building come to think of it uh, twice since I left shreveport in december yeah and, um jane never road of god was the last church that we that she was in into and um and after she passed uh it was i mean I, my me too up until she passed away and um then i went to church twice and so haven't been able to do that thing haven't been able to go and um, so the theme the thread through the show has been deception but things that will come and be very vivid in days to come will be so plain that they will Be visible like horses Heard like galloping hooves Admired even And therein lies the deception Because a horse, a white horse is gorgeous Uh, I've never known, I've never, never been around a white horse That was not mean though I've I've, I guess I've only been around two. One had blue eyes, one had a blue eye, and a, a brown eye, I guess it was, kind of reddish. Both of them were mean, mean horses. But that horse, that white horse, was gorgeous. And the scripture talks about the horses of the apocalypse. The white horse, the red horse, the black horse, and the pale horse. And they each represent various stages and attitudes that come upon this world globally, come upon us globally. And and the first thing that we were warned about is also the first thing that we see in that, dis- that book of Revelation. That's what the white horse represents, deception. And you can take that deception all the way back to the beginning where scripture says that what happened there and what the reason we're not experiencing the full throttle of what we were intended to be is because of deception and, and and if you read it backwards, if you read the book backwards, it till, still tells the same story. It tells about deception that, that you first must be privy to and, and, and aware of. Eve was deceived. That's what scripture says from the beginning. That's what scripture says in the end. And that's what you see all through Samson and Delilah, David and Bathsheba, all the way through scripture you know you know uh, Judas betraying Christ you know all the way through scripture you see deception and it it bleeds into our politics it bleeds into our uh, economics you go to Judas you're talking politics 30 pieces of silver and religion all three wrapped into that one person, Judas. All three. You got the you got his politics. So oh, he tried to wheel and deal with people who were wheelers and dealers, and because they deceived him, into thinking wrongheadedly. And once they had used him, they, they wanted to make sure he stayed quiet or make sure that he didn't uh, go away with his jaws popped out, so they gave money. And his religious breakdown, nervous breakdown, caused him to kill himself. First horse that rides through and is riding through now, and has been riding through, and it's vivid. If you can see it, if you will see it, it's that white horse. It appears to be good. Deception feels good. Doesn't it? Hmm? Oh, hey. Sin is pretty. Evil is pretty. White horses are gorgeous. They're pretty. Deception. Scripture describes it as a white horse. Behold the white horse. And then the next horse is caused by the first one. War. And, and and I'll tell you something, this thing that's going on with us and China, even though I don't think it's going to, at current time, at current time, uh, lead to a war, I, I think the Chinese had better rethink that, they better rethink that, if they ever think that, they better rethink that, that would not be a good idea, um, and, and, and you see, High noon is what we're talking about here. And you're talking about a president who does not mind going Gary Cooper. He doesn't mind standing in the middle of the street taking on the bad guys. When everybody else who knows they should be out trying to support him are not. They're hiding they're hiding. They're hoping he doesn't. In fact, there are some that do hope he gets shot down. There are some who do, do hope that, that he gets overcome. High noon, Gary Cooper. There are those. Of the, there are many of those who wish he gets his comeuppance. But at least he has the courage to stand. Die like a man. Now I know I got a, I got a, several tweets. You shouldn't be making fun of the guy who got killed and saying he died like a I man. He did. He died like a man. Armud Arbury. Um in Georgia, the the, the jogger. I, I I want to Arbury. Armud Arbury. Died like a man. He didn't die like no punk. He died go he went out like a man. I mean, the the outrage that he must, the the, the fi- final moments of his life must have been spent in absolute outrage. And you know what? I, I had on with me, um, Juan Newsom, IT specialist, IT guru on Wall Street, good friend of mine. Um, and, um, the one thing that he brought up reminded me of what me and my dad have done, I don't know, how many times. We see houses almost constructed, maybe dried in, roofed in. We go look in them. We go stop and look in them. Never, nef- never. There'd be all kind of stuff laying around, but it, it would never cross our minds to take anything. We just wanted to see the layout of this house. My dad and his brothers built our house, but uh, you know built his home. And so what do we have? a chance to engage war comes in on a red horse. And it is so visible. It is so plain that it doesn't matter if the white horse has brought deception because the red horse brings war. It's too late to back out of the deception. It's too late to turn it off. It's too late to wake up out of the dream because the red horse has come It will bring war, and that's what we need to be cognizant of. And isn't it amazing how we're set up for all of this globally over a pandemic disease that um, we really don't know a whole lot about. We're learning more about it, and it's scary. I think in New York City, uh, you have children who are breaking out in boils. It is COVID-19 related. And, uh, you know, it, it all has to do in, it, with inflammation, infection and inflammation. Isn't it odd how all of this is being brought about by a virus? So whether we're being deceived and being groomed or set up for war, we do have to understand this. This. We do have to understand this. We have to understand that war is inevitable. It's going to come. There's no way around the Chinese desire. And that is to be world players at whatever cost they need to pay it will lead to war because they are aggressive against their own Asian counterparts war is going to occur one of our allies is going to get tired of being thumped on the head by the Chinese. And they're going to call upon us as their ally, their defender, their protector. And we're going to have to go to their aid or lose them. To the Chinese saying, okay, if you'll just... Uh, Play on our side. You can still be you, but you're playing on our side. We now control you. That would be an incredible feather. If they could grab one of our allies, if they could um, make neutralize one of them into being dependent on Chinese money rather than American might. We actually have the Chinese. We had them where we wanted them. Until we had to shut down this economy. We had them where we wanted them. But um, they're sort of out of the bag. We had the cat in the bag. We actually had the cat in the bag. Once you let it out, once you, get, once you let a cat you'll never... You climb a tree, hunt through caves, under houses, whatever. You ain't getting that cat back in the bag unless you shoot it with a tranquilizer dart. (laughs) That's that's the only way that cat is going to go in that bag. And it has five deadly weapons four claws, and a set of teeth that are designed to puncture. Yeah, and tear. You ain't getting the cat back in the bag. That cat is out. The Chinese have gotten out. And war is inevitable. And we think that We experience levels of hunger and uh, food supply back up. Our food supply in America is good. But the next war that occurs will bring about, Scripture tells us, what will be so vivid, will be so dark, it will be black. It will be the horse, a beast comes riding through it'll be palatable famine behold a black horse famine I believe that the next war will bring famine you already have deception that leads us into war which leads us to famine And then, one of the most quoted of all passages in Revelations is this passage Behold a pale horse, and upon him sat death. Deception leads to war. The white horse is deception. The red horse is war. The black horse is famine. The pale horse is death. Deception leads to war. War ushers in famine. Famine. It's natural progression is death yeah you need to wake up the stage has been told from the beginning about the end Wake up. You should get in. You should study the whole council of Scripture because the prophecies are all falling into place with the New Testament canon of Scripture, along especially with uh, the first nine books in particular of Revelation. Check it out, it's amazing. They're coming so vividly that we will actually, they will actually appear to be animals, horses. Riding upon them are these deceptions, the war, the famine, and the death. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Brian Show. I shall return after these brief words homestretch. Of the show. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for coming along. I'm CO.
0: You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You
1: thought I was worth leaving. So you cleaned me up inside. Stand up for America. Then Americans stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can, always the in the heavenly hand, and for the flag I stand. See by with you on uh, this great day in the US. Of a well, friends, um did the Chinese purposely deceive us, and does that deception that they have um, perpetrated they have planned does that indeed um, lead? something irreversible irrevocable huh they're communist the Russians are communist the Ayatollahs for the most part for more part than not are communist the Castros are communist they are going to band together you have a lot of uh Leftist communist type leanings in Europe right now have much much uh, racist attitudes in Europe right now, and as far as the um Chinese for china china men is the attitude they're in china uh Beijing in particular you know. And I don't I'm not mad at them for that at all. I mean, if it's your country, it's your country and, and hey what we have over here is totally unique because it's so many of us. We don't all look alike, we don't all act alike, sound alike, or or we're not alike. I, I admire the Chinese culture, I admire it so much because they're so homogenous. They have managed to remain homogenous. And they you know, it in their um uh, conscious uh, their consciousness they're they're so proud of that as I think they should be and because of what they have accomplished, but so should the french or or the Germans or whoever else we're talking about here okay they should be proud of that, but Americans. Should we not be proud also of who we are through all the ups and downs and through everything that we have made it through, through everything that we have come through? Should we not be proud of that? Yeah, but all those people who would be glad that they went through they endured it. We always talk about, you know, Christian folks, you Christian folks other, there. You're always talking about how glad you are that Jesus died for me. But somehow you want to lament the hardship that your ancestors went through for you. They don't, I don't want my grandchildren lamenting the price I paid for their future. I want them to enjoy it remembering that there was a price paid for it, honoring that, respecting that, but not trying to hold somebody accountable for the price that I had to pay for their freedom. That doesn't make any sense. Because you can't, you can't recoup uh, for me whatever has been lost. You're trying to recoup that for you. You're using me as your excuse to recoup it for you. Oh, you see, that's deception that you have been led into. And that type of thing, my friends, this is what I'm trying to say to you. That type of deception leads to us accepting peaceful slavery. Now, I rode up to Mount Rushmore yesterday. It's only about five hours. You know, once you get on the straightaways and stretches back there, you can drive 100 miles an hour. (laughs) I... But anyway, I drove up to Mount Rushmore over the weekend. It's only five hours from where I am. I have nothing else to do. I had nothing else to do. I was not with anybody. I was by myself. Um, you know, when I got out, of course, it's South Dakota. And so uh, they don't have any stay in place, uh, shelter in place, anything like, thing like that going on there in, in South Dakota. So people were out and so forth. And I still, I didn't have on a mask or anything. Uh, I had one with me, but I didn't have it on because I was outside. The sun was shining. It was cold out there up on the mountain. You know, it's cold out there. Um, as I looked at those four faces, and I said this earlier in the show, it made you understand that they truly knew about deception. They also knew this. They knew that they had a choice between dangerous freedom or peaceful slavery. There was a virus that actually created this nation that had infected the people living here who saw what they could be. It was called freedom and liberty. The freedom and liberty virus, men wanting to self-govern themselves, is what caused the American Revolution. And when people decide that they are going to self-govern, they uh, do what actually Men are naturally bent toward doing. And that's making their own decisions for themselves, for their health, their personal well-being, their family's well-being, and the type of citizen that they're going to be. And that's one thing. Uh, whether you think it's immoral for people to not ga- for to gather or not gather or whatever uh, together. You will not be able to legislate that here in America among the type of DNA that we have within us. We're we're not going to conform to that. If we see that this is going to kill us, we'll stop doing it. It may be too late. We may have to pay a very bad price for our liberty and our freedom, but that is a part of having liberty and freedom. It's a dangerous freedom in every way that you can imagine when there are people wanting to take it away from you. It can be dangerous to keep it, to maintain it. When, You know that there is a virus out there that could take you out. Yet your thirst and your desire to exercise your freedom and your liberty trumps the dangers, the peril of what may or may not occur. The only thing that you're concerned about is what is occurring and that you are not experiencing which you were born to have liberty and freedom. And you're being told that this is way is the way they want you to live from now on. And you are saying to them, I'm not having it. I'm not going to do it. And I will not be a risk. I don't want to be a risk or a threat to my fellow man. But uh, right now, I don't believe that I am. That's the American mindset. That's what Americans are thinking. They're seeing this beginning to ebb down. And they're not... um, (laughs) The the strangest thing is, folks, is this. And I I don't think I tweeted this out. I was going to... I don't believe I tweeted this out. But I um, want to quote a tweet that i i need to tweet this out it was a billboard that i saw it says if masks work why do businesses need to be closed if masks work then make it mandatory that nobody enters that building without Wearing a mask and the business continues, right? If masks work, why do businesses need to be closed? If they don't work, why are we forced to wear them? I'll give you a minute to think about it. If they work, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have to close down all the business, if masks actually work. And if they don't work, why are we all having to wear them anyway? The common sense, the mother wit, horse sense, will keep us free. You don't have to have an MIT degree, a degree from MIT, for this to make sense to you. This is common sense. If masks work, why do businesses need to be closed? If they don't work, why are we forced to wear them? Huh? Huh? Beware that you are not deceived. Let no man deceive you. Out of all the things that I want you to be aware of is the contrived, designed deception. Beware of that. Yeah. Because all of this, my friends, is leading us to an assault of deception on the political the economic and the religious structure of our world not just certainly America but the entire world pay attention to what's going on with Adam shift and that FBI thing that debacle with General Flynn. Pay attention. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day, and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm C.L., and may God bless and keep you all.
0: I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on this road.